You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Today I bring you one word. I hope you'll carry it with you this week and through life, whatever, if the Lord tarries and we live. One word I want to bring to our attention. And at times we all face this word, this great need in our life. And if you're young in life, say, well, I've not experienced it yet. You probably have. But you will face the word. This word, if you allow it to conquer you, it will destroy your life because all of us will face it. The word is in this chapter today, and I find that it's easy to face this word. I find it's easy to be captured by this word. I find it's easy to spin our life from this word, but I don't want to. I'm too near my heavenly home. I don't want to live with this word motivating my life. It's amazing how quickly it can happen. I won't tell you how often, but it happens quite a bit. And all of a sudden it invades your life, and if you don't stop it, and I don't stop it, it will destroy you and those around you. The word is found in verse number eight, but it's going to tie into the entire passage here. And the officers shall speak further to the people. He's already been speaking. It's Moses writing. Uh, This this book is like the book of Job. Job is 42 chapters, but it's just one year. The book of Deuteronomy is, I think, 36, if I remember right, 36 chapters. but, But it's just the last days of Moses, and he's reviewing what God did the last 40 years. And he's going to get ready to die. And he's talking to his people saying, my journey, my journey is getting closer. And I want to leave you with the word. So he left them the Ten Commandments. A reminder about the Ten Commandments. A reminder about your children and your children's children. Pass this thing down. Pass Christianity down to the next generation. Amen. Uh, kids, you may drop the ball, but that's up to you. Your grandparents gave to your parents and gave to you. Now you give to your children. Sunday school is important. Amen. Sunday morning is important. Sunday night's important. Wednesday night's important. Reading your Bible and praying every day is important. Attending the house of God and tithing is important. Singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs is important. Having church instead of a theatrical production is important. Closing the church, you say, you're on this every week. Closing the church on Sunday night is why we're in a mess in America today. It's why everything out of coming out of Washington is about immorality and evil. Because the 387,000 churches in America are closed tonight. I've been saying it for weeks now. Preachers, go park in your parking lot tonight. Watch the sun set. And say, God, I'm so thankful tonight we kept the doors closed on this million dollar facility. 
The lights are off. Praise God, nobody got saved. Nobody got right with God tonight because we didn't have church tonight. Nobody, nobody was called to the mission field tonight. And I hope all glory goes to you, dear God. And it's a shame that's what's happening in America. And then we blame the liberals. They have nothing to do with this nonsense. It's God's people, my people, called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way. Seek my face. Then will I hear from heaven. It's God's people. It's an urgent hour. It's an urgent hour. And so he writes this old man, the officer shall speak further unto the people. And they shall say, what man is there fearful? And here's our word, faint hearted. Let him go return to his house. Lest the brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. I don't want my heart to faint because I don't want their hearts to faint. And I don't want their hearts to faint because I don't want these young people in college to faint and these youngsters here and these teenagers. I don't want them to faint. I want to see them grow up, get married, bear children, bring them to church, sit where they can hear the Word of God from a man of God. I want it to be that there's something that we transfer and cast and, and transfer down. The word faint-hearted is simply to lose courage. Seems like everything we have today is causing you to lose courage. I, I don't want to lose courage. It's to become cowardly or act cowardly. Oh, there's no hope. It's so sad. God does some of his greatest work in the midst of sorrow and heartache. I'm so brokenhearted to hear this report that they report it now. In an African country this last year, 5,000 Christians, the report came out yesterday, 5,000 Christians were slaughtered and murdered, beheaded, killed for Jesus Christ. 3,000 adult men were taken and women taken into captivity and now are kidnapped. Nearing 10,000 people. And then we have to beg people in America to go to church, Brother Cooper. We have to beg people, Brother Ben, will you please come, come and hear the word of God preached? Would you please come and sing the praises of God? Amen. I saw a report not long ago that more Christians worldwide are being martyred this day than any other time in history. I don't know how that could be true because during the dark ages, 500 years, over 550 million, they say now upwards to 100 million Christians were martyred. That's why you go to Rome, you have the catacombs. And they take the bodies of those Christians that were martyred and they killed them. They're buried all over. Today, God says you cannot be faint-hearted you cannot lack courage. You cannot give up. The blind lady, Fanny Crosby, wrote in our hymn book, never be sad or despondent. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up to your troubles. Jesus will bid them depart. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. This is not cowardly time. This is not fainting time. This is not give up time. This is time to trust that God is able. 
Moses is so concerned. Turn with me back to 31 and coming back to this chapter here in chapter 31 of the book of Joshua. He's now ready to go and, and, and leave. I, and uh, my, my grandson, I was texting with him this morning. He's in North Carolina. And he says, I'm at Mount Pisgah Baptist Church today. And he's out with a group of men preaching. And, uh, and I got thinking about that, that uh, Mount Pisgah. That's where in this chapter, you get to the last chapter, Moses wasn't allowed in the promised land. But God says, Moses, you've been a faithful servant. Would you go up to Mount Pisgah? And on Mount Pisgah, will you view your flight? You're going to go to heaven. We sing about that, Mount Pisgah, when I stand upon my, and view my heavenly flight. Take it to heaven beyond. Moses is writing his people, and he says to them in chapter 31, and I want you to see with me verse number 6. Let us read it together. 31.6. Ready? Begin. Be strong. We're in Deuteronomy 31. Let's read verse 7. Ready? Begin. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage. I want you to go to verse number 30, uh, 23, 23. And Joshua gave, uh, and, and he gave Joshua the son of Nun. See, Joshua's going to take over now. Moses is going to die. He's going to go to heaven. And God, and God said through Moses, Joshua, uh, son of Nun, be strong and of good courage. It's an amazing thing because now later David's, uh, uh, Joshua's going to die in Joshua. And he says to the people, be strong and of good courage. David said he was so concerned with his soldiers. And in uh, First Chronicles chapter 19, let us do valiant, valiant for our people. Someone needs you, uh, you to have courage, Daddy. You, you may have lost all courage, but don't share it with your kids. Someone needs in the home, Mama, you to have some courage. Because your kids maybe just perhaps don't have courage. Husband and wife, you might need to have courage for your kids. David was so concerned. He said, we will be courageous for our people. Ezra was so concerned. He said, get right with God. In Ezra chapter number 10, he says, be of good courage and do it. Build this building again. Do it. Do it. Just do it. I think of Isaiah. He was so concerned with the people. In Isaiah 41, he said, be strong and of good courage. Now back to our text. I want you to see today what, what takes courage from us. What causes us to be faint-hearted, to give in? What removes your courage? One is sight. Be careful what you see. When I was a boy in Sunday school, not far from here, we'd sing, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes. You'd sing about the ears, your hands, what they do, your feet, where they go. Be careful what you see. Look what the Bible says in Deuteronomy, in, in the chapter uh, uh, number 20. Let me get there. I'm so sorry. Chapter 20. When thou goest to battle against thine enemies and... When thou goest to battle with thine enemies and, are you there? When you goest to battle, verse 1, 
against thine enemies and, what's the word? What, 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 you know, your eyes, you begin to see things. David saw a giant. And I said, God, we got this boy here. Be careful how you see things. I truly believe, maybe you think it's, well, no, it's supposed to wax worse and worse. Well, it might get worse and worse, but it doesn't have to get worse here. Someplace God still wants to have revival. And, and I believe that God wants revival because the next event on God's timetable, spiritual prophetic timetable, is the rapture of the church. And the Holy Spirit lives within us. And the Holy Spirit will be raptured with us. And right now, the Holy Spirit, through God's people and his word, is the restrainer of evil. If you think it's evil now, you wait to the rapture when Christians are transported to heaven. And the Bible says there's going to be seven years of anarchy on planet Earth where there'll be no desire for God. They'll be sent to strong delusion. Oh, God will see to it that 144,000 Jewish missionaries are saved and they'll take the word of God. But the Bible says that Jesus is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yes, I believe there still can be revival right before the rapture. You don't have to believe that in whatever the city you're from or listening from or whatever state or whatever country. But in Santa Clara, California, I believe we can see traffic jams coming to the house of God. We have, we have every Sunday almost a traffic jam out here. And over on Clyde Avenue, there's a traffic jam. But wouldn't it be great to say, okay, now the first service will be held at 7 o'clock, and then the next one at 10 o'clock, and the next one at 12 o'clock, and the next one at 2 o'clock, and we're not coming to get out and get it done so we can go to the beach. That's why we go to 7 o'clock. We're coming because the crowds are so big at the other services. Watch what you see. Watch what you see. We had an election in 2020. I've not watched the news since then. And we're still here. I had no desire to watch the news. That was the day my sister died. I didn't want to hear all about the things that were going on. And you know what? I have found enough through hearing, yes, some news articles pop up on my phone but I've not watched phone. I've not, I've not listened to AM, FM, radio on the car. I've not listened to any news. And I tell you what, I'm doing okay, and I think I know what's going on. I think I know that no, the man in the White House is not running the White House. I think I know that the man in Sacramento is an evil man. And I think the crowds that are governors and judges and, and, and uh, district attorneys, oh, it's getting good now, you folks that are listening, you that monitor us, and senators and congressmen, and the executive branch and the judicial branch. Yeah, we're in trouble. And guess what? I found out the news, news media doesn't like Christians. And, and, the, and the rock and roll crowd doesn't like Christians. I, I figured out that talk radio doesn't like Christians. I, talk, I figured out social media doesn't like Christians. But there is a God in heaven that could put a stop to all that. Yes, sir. Amen. When thou say, what do you see? I see a revival coming. I see another young generation of preachers. Preachers' wives and missionaries and missionaries. Well, do you know how bad it is? Oh, yes. 
Yes, we all know that. Look what he says, when thou seest, what's he seeing? Horses. That's like you and I seeing tanks and armament. In the last days from Russia, horses are going to come from China, great horses to come down into, Egypt, into Israel and swoop in for the battle of Armageddon. The Bible declares this. And here he says, when you see horses, chariots, the chariots where the purpose is to, to, to take them to war with the horses and a people more than thou. You have a hundred, but they have a hundred thousand. When you see horses, when you see chariots, when you see people that are more than you, more able, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Don't allow your, your, your vision to get blurred. Some of you are raising some children right now and they're going through whatever it is they go through. And you think, I've just failed, I'm no good, I'm a lousy mother, lousy dad, lousy parent. And my, my son is in elementary or junior high or high school. Or my daughter, or my son graduated, or my son is away from God. I wonder what it must have been like having a savage leader coming from town to town with papers, hailing people, putting women in prison, putting men in prison, consenting to the death of Christians. And one day, God said, okay, big boy, you're going to Damascus? A light is going to, God said, I want you to see something that you've not seen before, buddy. And a light struck the apostle Paul, whose name was Saul, and brought him down. He lost his eyesight for a season. They said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he knew who he was. He knew where this voice and this light was coming from. And he said, who art thou, thou, Lord? Lord, what, 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 what? He knew. He knew. Watch what you see, you teenagers. We had a teenager years, decades and decades and decades ago, said to me, why? Why stay in school? Why to, go, why to do this? Because these presidents are going to send us off to war and we're going to die. Well, that had to be 30-some years ago. We're still here. There's a lot of hope for you young people. God has a great vision for your life. I think of what Rick, Rick Martin was uh, and I are about the same age and Brother Rick I came to Santa Clara and a year later he went to the Philippines he's never owned a car he just gets on those jeepneys and this morning they, they, they have we helped start over 400 churches in that, that country and paid for the pastor's salary for a year and built buildings for them but they've established about 1,200 churches with their graduates. His church, I've been there preaching, they run about 10 or 12,000 a Sunday. It's just an amazing thing to see in soul winners. It's just soul winners. People going out reaching the lost for Christ. The police department, they have a special police day and hundreds of policemen come and fire department day and hundreds and first responders and they come and patriotically, they have an orchestra of over 100, vo- 100 instruments in their orchestra. That, that is just an amazing thing. 
Brother Martin might be watching right now. He, he's set his weight before. He's had malaria so many times. He's shorter in stature than I am, but he weighs, I think, probably 115 pounds. He could preach with a broken-hearted voice for about 20, 25 minutes. He's poured his life into that. But there are literally today hundreds of thousands of people in the Philippines in church because he wasn't faint-hearted. He didn't become cowardly. It can't be done. I'm in an impoverished area. I'm in an area where there's great hunger. I'm in an area that you, 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 it just can't be done. I went to the dormitories of the college. I was preaching there. And I, I went to the dormitories, and I saw those dormitories with no windows. They just block wall and, and then open them, no windows. And bamboo rods to make a bed. No cafeteria, big, big cauldrons of bear where they can have water boiling and you work all day long as a student and the next day you throw your rice in there and you get your cup of rice or two cups of rice and that's what you have. And guess what? They think it's a great thing. And they go out and now there's missionaries around the world from that ministry. Why? Because a man and his wife, Becky, they were not faint-hearted. No, don't fall for that nonsense. Great hope ahead of you, young people. What if the next president gets worse? Well, guess what? One of these days, we'll get so low in the gutter that we might look up. I mean... Elections will mean nothing because revival is breaking loose and people are going to the house of God and the amusement centers and the baseball diamonds and the Budweiser's and all that they do on baseball and basketball and football and the sports and the going down the slopes and all that. On Sunday, they're going to be empty and the churches will be filled. I believe it can happen. If you're not careful, your sight causes you to lose courage and so for me as well. Situations cause us to lose our courage. Look what the situations were. Verse five, the officer shall speak unto the people saying, what man, here's the first illustration, hath built a new house, hath not dedicated, let him, this phrase is over and over now, return to his house, lest he die in battle. Some of you have a new house. I wonder what has, what things have you losing your courage? Here was a new house. Just got to have that house. Got to have that possession. And by the way, I remind you, it's going to burn one day. But, but not only the, the new house, verse 6, what man hath planted a vineyard, not eaten of it? Let him go and return to his house. Uh, maybe you have new orchards or new vineyards or new trees or new gardening or new this or new that or a new car or this. And, and, and see, look, look, I, I, I don't really want to be involved in the battle. I got my new thing. I don't want to be involved in the battle. I got my new house. And I'm not saying, I mean, you can fill the blank. It doesn't have to be a house or a vineyard. It could be whatever. This guy, <laughs> I kind of, someone understand this guy, the next one. What man is there that hath betrothed a wife? Not taken her, let him go return to his house. 
here's a guy that hasn't learned to be bossed around yet. I mean, excuse me, excuse me. Here's a fellow that, I, I just got to get married. I want to get married. In other words, she's given three illustrations that the, this house seems so important. These things, this situation seems so important, this vineyard. This marriage, and I'm all for marriage, and God's all for marriage. But he's trying to show us that you can't let, allow things or situations to take your, your, your courage and cause you to be faint-hearted. Yeah. One more, and I'll close. So, so today we, we see that the faint-hearted, they get faint-hearted because of sight and because of situations. We become faint heart because of self. Self. Look at verse 8. And the officials shall speak further to the people, to us. They shall say, what man is there that's fearful and faint hearted? Let him return to his house. Lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. You, you have to be careful that you don't cause another person's heart to faint because of what you say or what you do or your actions. The Bible in the Old Testament says, we'll value, yes, for the people, but also says for the little ones. I want to be valiant why I go to elementary chapel every week because I want those kids to think life's great. Amen. And you'll have adversity and you'll have troubles, but life's wonderful. Yes, sir. It's a wonderful, wonderful life when you know the Lord above. Amen. You know, there's a man in the Bible, Judges chapter 6, his name was Gideon. He had 32,000 soldiers, and he said, if you're, God says if you're fearful, <laughs> if you're fearful in a moment, I'm going to let you go home. I can't imagine, Gideon talk, I can't imagine any of you yellow bellies that want to go home. I can't imagine not wanting to go to battle. But if you're afraid... All 32,000, I'm talking to you right now. If you're afraid, right now, go home. 22,000 started marching. We're afraid. We're going home. <laughs> Left with 10,000. God says, get in. You got 10,000 boys. It's too many. But the Midianites are bigger and more equipped. Than, they have the horses. They have the chariots. They have the spears. They have it all. But they don't have me. You go and you take them down that water. Those that stick their head down and lap it up like this, like a dog. Tell them to go home. But those that bring it to their mouth and they're watching the enemy. They're already mindful something's going on. That's who you're going to win your battle with. Another 9,700 went home and 300 were left. But they were not faint-hearted. God won the battle without them firing a shot. You cannot be faint-hearted. You elderly people. Well, you know, the older we get, how tired we are, how worn out we are. Stop that nonsense. Well, they don't need me. Grandma, Grandpa, they need you. They need you more now than ever. Well, I'm bedridden now. Well, you ever hear a prayer? Yeah. They need your prayers. 
my goodness, you hear me say it all the time. I've got those 14 grandkids scattered this morning in Florida and Georgia and North Carolina and Arizona and Southern California and here everywhere. All in church, God bless them. Sons preaching today. Son-in-law leading an amazing ministry here. I saw last uh, Friday at the open house a great school. They need their dad. They need their papa. I can't touch them. I can't see them. I can't sit down and have a cup of coffee with them and visit with them. You can't go to a swing and swing them on the swing. They're not here. But I can go to the throne of grace and pray that they have a papa that dies one day right if Jesus tarries. He died as a Christian, as a warrior, as a man that believed God. Stop this faint-heartedness. It's going to start with your sight. Watch what you see. It's going to go to situations, things. And it's going to go to yourself. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I wish I had time to take you to Psalm 40 and 41, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle. They shall Run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You don't have to faint. I'm speaking to Christians today. He said, Brother Treber, I, Pastor, I, I'm a little bit fainting right now. I, I know we all go through it. It's a shame how often I go through it. We all go through it. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.